0: Welcome to PR in Your Life podcast, episode number three. This podcast is designed to help athletes 40 and over live their best life. On this
1: episode, we're going to talk about HPA axis dysfunction, which is commonly called adrenal fatigue. We are so excited that you're joining us today. Let's go.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PRE Life Podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete.
1: I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms.
0: And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. All right, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. For a Monday, it is gorgeous outside. No, it is. The sun is shining. Yay, yay. I
1: had a great morning. How was your morning?
0: Good. 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 I was um I did a little walk and listened to a class on energy systems. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I love learning about this kind of stuff. It's fun. You know. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'll all the stuff that I learn now, it's just, I'm like, I'm pausing it every sec every time there's an interruption because I don't want to miss anything. And I'm just, I can't get, get over learning all this stuff. But I had a great morning too. I um, I realized that there's three things I like to do in the morning and I'm usually having to pick between which of the three I want to do. So one thing I like to do is make sure I get enough sleep. And so yeah. oftentimes it's hard to get enough sleep and get your morning time in. Um, I also like to exercise in the morning and then I also like to have some time for just you know like I don't know meditation devotion and some self-improvement kind of stuff that I like to do and so it's always a constant struggle it's like oh do I get up early and get my workout in but then I'm not going to be getting enough sleep and then you know I'm it's always a trade off but right now <laughs> I'm finding that I'm having the time for all of them so wonderful. it was awesome yeah. it was awesome I slept until 5 30 which um yeah I went to bed at like 10. So that was seven and a half hours of sleep. So that's yeah. good. And then I did my little mindset stuff for a while from like six to seven. I did that. And then I worked out. And now here we are. Here we are recording a podcast. I know. So.
0: <laughs> got tons of stuff done. That's how it definitely I feel getting up early and getting stuff done. And I'm already like got some work and some yeah. school stuff done. And yeah, it's a good feeling.
1: It, so yeah, it'll be a little different when life gets back to normal. I don't think i will be able to keep yeah. pulling that all off.
0: But for now, for now. I don't for know. Now, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you won't have the transition of having the girls home from school for s- summer because yeah. they're already home, right? So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So we're <sighs> figuring that all out. It's it's getting easier, but yeah. Yeah.
0: So, all right. So. so, fun question for Monday. Yes. What was your favorite race? My favorite race. Gosh. Um.
1: You know, there's been a lot that I've liked. There's been several that have been not fun at all, too. But um, I think my very favorite of all times was probably the Columbus Marathon. Okay. I've only done that, that one one time. Really? Yeah. Okay.
0: Once. And,
1: um, but I really liked it because um, it was just a really, I mean, first of all, it was close to home, you know, the weather was nice. I thought it was really inspirational and motivational how they had the each mile marked by a, a A kid. Yes. You know, I mean, it was that was kind of pulling at my heartstrings Mm -hmm. as I was running. Um, But it was also one of those perfect races where I just kind of felt pretty good. Yeah, it was a good day. The whole time. I think my splits were very even, um, you know, which is really hard to do. Yes, it is for (laughs) a marathon. Yes. And then I was the first time I um, qualified for Boston, but I didn't get in. You know, was – I remember you telling me that, like, I, I was, I thought that that qualifying time I needed to get was really, really going to be a challenge, and um, I was striving for that, and it just worked out. But I, I barely qualified. Like I got that by just, yeah, a, you know, within a minute of the time that I needed to get. And I remember you telling me like, you don't always get in when you qualify, and yeah. I thought surely that can't be right, but it truly is right you always feel like
0: the bearer of bad news like oh my gosh yeah because it's changed so much that Mm -hmm. you gotta have pretty big change in a bucket to exactly and I
1: I didn't I thought surely not that many people can run that fast and but I did I applied and I didn't get in I mean I, I think I I think I needed a 340 and I ran a 339 something and you had to have like like a
0: three thirty five something. Yeah, around there. I think it was
1: some it was like maybe three minutes less than your time that year it was. And it's crazy, but, you
0: don't realize how much three minutes is. Yeah. You have oh, no idea. Because you're like, oh, three minutes over twenty six miles. <sighs> yeah, seems easy, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, yeah, not so much. Not so much. I yeah. think I have to look
1: back at my my race stats, but I think I qualified twice before I actually qualified to get Okay. Boston. Like, okay. You know, so yeah. Um, that just barely getting it. That didn't get no. it. And I, I think it's still probably the same way. So yeah, I think even. Yeah. But even though you know it was still... it was still a really really great yes. race. My second favorite probably was, um, Muncie the seventy point three. The first year that we did that one, that okay. was yeah. That was just another race where like. It just all, things just kind of fell into place. Yeah, It was a really good one. What about you? What was your very favorite one?
0: You know what? I started kind of thinking a couple different ones, but I think overall it was before um, my youngest left for the Air Force, and Mm -hmm. he started doing triathlons with us that summer, and... We did some all together, and it was at one of our very first ones. And it was like a kind of an open water swim in Lake Erie. And I was a little stressed. It was Portage Lakes. Okay, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, what if he's like me and he just like freaks out in the water and everything?" He was like one of the top swimmers out of the water. He's like, no, that was great. I was like, of course oh my it was. Gosh, yeah. But it, it was such a fun. I really liked the course. It mm-hmm. was great. And uh, did the whole family do it? Yes, all four. Well, of you? not Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dan, Seth, and I. Okay. had done like all the race series that year. So it was pretty fun. So yeah.
1: Oh, that's super fun. Yeah. What was your least favorite race
0: of all time? <sighs> <laughs> Anything with water, normally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to say, like, individually, my favorite race was when I did some, um, my first year that I did some road bike racing, Mm -hmm. and I really had such a fabulous time with girls from other teams. Mm -hmm. You kind of realize that, you know, for girls' teams, you don't have as many people to work with on a team. Like for my cycling team, I had zero that raced that year. So you kind of have to find other people to work with. And there's like five or six of us that all kind of had an agreement one day, like, all right, let's just do this together Yeah, and do it for the rest of the season. And whoever is the winner wins. And it was probably one of the funnest seasons I've ever had.
1: Oh, that's cool. Because it's kind of individual sports all the time that we're doing. And so to get some of that team aspect and it was probably really fun yeah
0: and it was really neat because it was you know five or six of us from four or five different women's cycling teams that all kind of banded together and we just had a great great spring season so Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I was thinking when I asked you like what's your least favorite I remember um I mean and of course that makes sense that you would say anything with a swim because I know you hate the swim um Marine Corps Marathon. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was one you told me you hated it. And I was so excited to do it. And yeah. I hated that race too. And it wasn't that it was a bad race. I'm not bashing the Marine Corps Marathon. It was a really nice race, but I just yeah. felt
0: You know what? I did. That was probably one of the worst feeling races I ever had. And on one hand, it was like you were in the Tour de France. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. The spectators and the fans. I mean, you were like 6, 10 deep at places and people cheering you on. Just doing it for that reason was wonderful. I was the same way. I was so sick afterwards. Mm -hmm. I've never felt so bad.
1: We started late because we were in line for the port-a-pots and the security was really high. And so... You know, it was chip timing, thankfully, but we started yeah. like, I don't kind. know, it was Andy and I, we started maybe like 10 minutes, maybe even 10 minutes after the, um, the race had officially started. So I did so much time weaving in and out Bobbing of people and, and stuff, and I just felt terrible. And when I could finally run the pace I wanted to run, I couldn't even do it. And then I remember as I was running, I thought... I had trained pretty hard for it. Yeah. Andy had barely trained at all. And I the whole time I was dying, I thought if I'm dying, he must be super duper dying and then at the end like, like he ended up finishing like right after me. And I found him. And I'm like, what'd you think? Wasn't that terrible? I was like, I felt great. <laughs> I was
0: like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said that. Dean and I had the same experience at um, the PA of Chang Phoenix half. We were in line for the porta potties mm-hmm. and we started late and it was exact same scenario. We It was like a tempo run, you know, because you're so yeah. far behind and you're just bobbing and weaving and you're paces back and forth, and I just never, it was probably like mile six or seven before I finally settled into a normal, and by then, you're just kind of exhausted from all that up and back. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: that was super, super hard, so.
0: All right. All right, well, we'll talk more about
1: races uh, another day, but let's talk about our topic today, which is technically HPA axis Dysfunction or dysregulation, whatever um, you want to say, but um, what that's commonly referred to by people is adrenal fatigue, and um, it's really one of my favorite topics to talk about. So we're going to have to just make sure we don't talk for too too long because (laughs) I can probably talk about this for hours. Yes, because I just really super think it's fascinating. Um, So let me just kind of tell you guys what it what it is um, to begin with. it's it was really something that, adrenal fatigue is something that a lot of people will tell you doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. And, and like I mentioned, it really is not the technical term. It is really HPA, excess dysregulation. But um, I believe it does exist. And I'll tell you why. Um, because the, the problems that you see with adrenal fatigue are problems that I saw in my office all the time that I didn't have answers for that I now have answers for. right? And early, early in my career, my sister-in-law asked me about adrenal fatigue. And she said, what do you think about that? And I said, I have never heard of that. I don't even know what you're talking about because it's not a topic you talk about in medical school. We did talk about the hypothalamic pituitary axis, um, the HPA axis, but not in terms of- Like this. This, yeah. And um, But she sent me an article and I read it and it made- perfect sense to me. I mean, I thought, wow, this does make sense. And this might be a reason why so many people feel so tired. Um, But I also remember um, at the end of the article, the solution to fixing adrenal fatigue was to lower the stress in your life, which Mm -hmm. I thought was brilliant. But I mean, most of the things that were stressing me out in my life were not things that were optional things that I felt like I could just not do. And I really didn't have... um, any good tools to kind of manage my mind around that, anyways? But um, you know, things like going to work every day and taking care of my kids and groceries and laundries and all of these things right. that are stressing right. me out—that I can't just—they're just, They're stop just doing. normal. Yeah, you have <laughs> right? to do them. Yeah, exactly. And so I kind of discounted it. Then after that, I thought, well, yeah, maybe it does exist. Maybe it doesn't exist. But there's no treatment for it, so who cares? You know, right. was sort of my approach with it. And. Um, You know, for years, people would come to my office with these complaints, and I mean, the big ones: fatigue, weight gain that I'm having a hard time losing, even if I'm trying really hard, hormonal imbalances. Can you check my hormones because I think something's off with me? Um, Frequent infections, these kind of things, and and my approach was always the same. Let's do some blood work and like. Cross yeah. my fingers and pray that their thyroid's going to be off I, so I can do something. That was always
0: mine. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, let it, be please the thyroid. let it be the thyroid. Yeah.
1: And um, if it was all normal, we'd offer them Prozac. Because there was wow. just nothing else to give them, you know? And, and You never offered me Prozac.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: gosh. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, that was, yeah. You know, it was just... I think with you, I was like, yeah, you're fine. Whatever. You're fine. <laughs> but with most of my yeah, patients, I like, I feel like I have to do something. So I'm like, here, take this instead. And And you know what's funny is even if it was their thyroid, even if their thyroid would come back abnormal – I was excited. They were excited because we had found an answer. We could fix something. But usually they didn't feel that much better with the thyroid replacement anyways. Okay. You know, they, they were excited okay. that it's going to make a big, big difference. But then in all honesty, when I'd see them back several months later, they'd be like, eh, not that helpful. I okay. mean, you know, um, yeah. so it really was never the magic cure-all that I thought it was going to be. And then um, fast forward like 15 years later, and I find myself in this spot in my life where I am tired. And and your body so aches. Oh, tired. Yes, yeah. and I'm like, and it was not the kind of tired that a nap fixed mm-hmm. or a weekend away, you know, from life fixed. It was just this like bone crushing tiredness that I just yeah. couldn't. And I, um, you know, I I kind of would beat myself up. I'd be like, "Come on, you lazy bum! What is wrong with you? Like, yeah. what is your problem?" But the harder I tried to push, the worse I felt generally and I I didn't know what to do about it really and I and it was kind of like wow I really get what these people have been telling me for all these years because now I'm experiencing it myself sometimes it's nice when your doctor has what you had because it's like wow they're they're a little bit more sympathetic I think yeah and um this was around the time that I was also kind of in my functional medicine journey of learning about functional medicine um that it kind of started with Josie having some stomach issues And I was learning about this adrenal fatigue stuff. And I tested myself and found out that I was very much into adrenal fatigue. Um, And then I started treating myself and I found, I, I felt so much better. Not overnight, it took like about a month, I would say. And then I felt like I started to have a lot more energy. And what's funny is, I know as a doctor and you know as a health coach too, like the key to health is these modifiable lifestyle factors, right? Right. But I was so in a spot that I just couldn't even do those modifiable lifestyle factors. Like I knew I should be eating better. I knew I should be sleeping more. I knew I should be, you know, managing my stress a little bit better. But I just didn't have it in me to actually physically do those things. But the cool thing is when I diagnosed my adrenal fatigue and started treating it, I felt better, and then I had the energy and the desire to work harder on some of those lifestyle factors, you know yeah, and so then it was a vicious cycle it was like a snowball effect in a positive direction which was which was amazing but um what about you I mean
0: can can you relate to that at all or oh one hundred percent I think I just look back to where I was about a year and a half ago, two years ago that I just remember always kind of joking and saying, you know, I'm going to exercise anyway because my body hurts regardless. Mm -hmm. And I chalked that up to being older. Mm -hmm. Well, my body just hurts because I'm 47, 48 years old. Mm -hmm. And when we tested mine... And it was like, oh mm-hmm. okay. Well, I guess we need to do some adjustments. And then we started, you know, cutting back on exercise a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, made some changes to my diet, that kind of stuff. And then, oh my gosh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, just just overall such a feeling of betterness, right. mind, body, everything. Yeah. And it's funny because I I
1: think I chalked it up to I'm in my 40s. Yeah. This is what it feels like to be in my 40s. And I just accepted that as normal. Like this is a total bummer. I didn't realize it was going to feel this bad, but yeah. this is the way it is. And um, you know, for me it was like this pr- profound fatigue. Fatigue for you I think it was more like the body aches and stuff. Yeah. But finding that secret sauce has made it so so much better. But but here here's what happens really is um You've got the hypothalamus, which is in your brain, and it sends a signal to the pituitary, which is also in your brain, that then sends a signal to the adrenal glands, and it tells the adrenal glands to make cortisol. And that system is designed to be perfect for acute stress. Mm-hmm. So when you're in danger, all of a sudden there's a surge of cortisol and it allows you to react to save your life, you yeah. know, um, or, or whatever the dangerous situation should be. But what's happened in our lives are we have chronic stress. stress, and and let's back off here a minute and talk about chronic stress. Like when I think of stress, I think of for me, I because this is what it was for me was just the chronic stress of all that needs to be done every day, right that's what I think created my adrenal fatigue and there was really no major big huge life event that happened on top of that chronic stress it was just burning through that non-stop all the time I think that yeah. led to it for me and that is really common with a lot of my patients too but sometimes it's that chronic stress then with an acute stressor on top of it it's like they were doing fine until like
0: a major life event something happens yeah you mm-hmm. know like
1: kid leaves for college or there's a death in the family or, um, you know, a a birth of another child or something that's kind of a major, major thing. So that'll oftentimes tip people over, but sometimes it's more of a hidden stress. Um, and there's really two categories of this one is dietary stress. And so the chronic dysregulation of blood sugar from eating like a really high carbohydrate diet and just the ups and downs of the blood sugar Mm -hmm. that goes with that, that is very stressful for the adrenal glands. And, um, Then the pain and hidden inflammation can also be stressful for the adrenal glands too. Um, We have oftentimes, and we'll talk about this in another episode, but we have all these bugs living in our gut and those bugs can become a problem which can create all this inflammation that our adrenal, that our body is trying to to keep at bay and that can be an added stressor to our body as well. And so so there's really three big reasons the adrenal glands will start to to fail is is emotional stress. That's all the stuff that we're just always dealing with, right? And then the um 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 pain and hidden pain and and hidden inflammation, and then um the dietary stresses as well. So it can be any of those things. But when that stress response is so profound, then the um, over-signaling leads the cortisol balance to be off. And the very first thing that happens is your body tries to preserve cortisol production and it does so by diminishing your sex hormone production. So the first thing I see in people is their energy levels are maintained, but they just feel hormonal. you know. And I, I can't tell you how many patients have come to my office and said, can you check my hormones? I think they might be off. Um and they, they probably are, because our bodies yeah. favor survival over reproduction. yeah, so our body's trying to do a favor. It's like, okay, we'll quit making sex hormones, and we're going to make a bunch of cortisol to keep your body going. And then um, what happens after that is, we start to um, store body fat, because our body is, again trying to protect us. it thinks we're in yeah. danger danger. so to be. Helpful, it's going to start yeah. storing body fat and it doesn't want to release it. And so, this is why people start to have problems losing weight. And then, um, our body also shunts precursors away from immune cell um, production. Um, to make more cortisol and people start to notice that they get sick more regularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many patients just sinus infection after sinus infection after sinus infection or upper respiratory infection or chronic UTIs or all of these things because our immune system is just not fighting the infections like it should because all of that precursors are going more towards cortisol production. We call it the cortisol steal, like it's okay. it's being stolen to make the cortisol. And so your body's keeping up with the cortisol. But it's trying, then it's trying. It's trying. And it's it's limiting where it can. But then the cortisol production starts to fall too. And that's where people that, that's oftentimes where I'll I'll see people and they're just so, so tired at that point. And I I try to explain it to them like this. Um, your cortisol is sort of your energy in, in some ways. And uh, you know, we measure this cortisol in in our patients. And what you would like to have, and in, in the one lab test that I've used a lot is like a total normal cortisol for the day is like, I think it's 37. So let's just round to 40. Let's just say 40 would be ideal. And some of these patients have like 10 units of, to- of total cortisol for the wow. day. So that's a fourth of what they're yeah. ideally supposed to have. And um, I kind of think a good explanation or way to Visualize this is to think about like filling up your car with a full tank of gas. So, a full tank of gas, you know, just say you can get, I probably could fill up my car and drive from um, my house to into Georgia probably with a full tank of gas. But if I'm starting my day with, let's just say 10 units of cortisol instead of the 40 that would be ideal, I'm not going to get nearly as far. And when my car runs out of gas, I'm going to be thinking, why in the heck am I not getting any further? When really, you just didn't have the fuel to go any further. And it just makes perfect sense, right? But what happens to us with our bodies, we think, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I have sustained energy all day long? <laughs> like, yeah. I must be, there must be something wrong. wrong. And we sometimes think it's something inherently wrong with us. Like, Maybe we're just lazy. Maybe we just, you know, don't have what it takes. But really, it's something wrong with your energy production system in your body. And when we fix that, it's amazing how much better people feel. You can't, I don't care how, um, hard you want your car to go further when it's run out of gas it's not going to go <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's not that there's something wrong with the car it just doesn't have any fuel anymore and that's exactly what i found happened with my body you know i, I think i think my cortisol was like 18 or 19 maybe out of the okay. 37 was what it should be ideal and um i'll tell you getting that closer to ideal feels so much different. And I find that with, I mean, I found even lower numbers with my patients than I had, which amazes me as how they're even going because I felt like I could barely go at where my number was.
0: Well, and I think you get into, like you said, you start questioning what's wrong. You almost Mm kind of have a little bit of a depression as Mm -hmm. well because you just don't feel good enough to do anything, just basic life. I remember thinking, how did I used to Survive? How did I mm-hmm. used to do all that I used to mm-hmm. do? And right. because I was like, I, I can barely do what I do now. How did I ever do that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. And you kind of think it's like a flaw with yourself, yes. maybe. I mean, I sort of did. Yeah. I thought,
1: man, gosh. And then I sort of also thought, this is just aging and this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I reversed it. But I'll tell you, about a month into fixing it, I felt, I, I felt so much better. And I thought, oh, good, this is great. But then what I what was even better was the next month I felt even better, and then I felt even better, <laughs> and I felt even better. And I, I couldn't believe yeah. that it was even possible.
0: So what do you do to fix, start working on the adrenals? So yeah. say, I, you know, I came in, yes. I come to you, we test... I'm level three stress, mm-hmm. you know, cortisol's down. What do we do? Yeah,
1: so yeah, first of all, we do a lab test and we identify it and and um i, I stage it in a couple of different stages based on what the numbers show. Um, but then I use these um hormonal precursors or like naturally occurring hormones in your body, um to, in very, very small doses, multiple times throughout the day to reset the hPA axis to make cortisol in the way that it's supposed to be made. And um, so it's not a quick fix. Like I think if we used high doses of those hormone precursors, people would feel really great right away. But then they would be dependent upon those hormonal precursors for the rest of their life to continue to feel that well. And um, so what I do is I use very micro doses and it doesn't they don't feel real great immediately, but usually it's enough that within a month they feel better. And um, and then we treat it somewhere between three months to about 12 months, depending on how okay. bad it was. And then at that point, we start tapering them off of the medications because they're they're better and then they continue to feel better even without the medication. So it's a very curative approach of resetting the hypothalamic. Reset. Pate- so it's reaxis. like
0: rebooting your body.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's training your brain to remember how it was supposed to be handling the stress response all along. And of course we work on lifestyle as well, um, you know, managing stress, getting enough sleep, keeping the blood sugar stable, all of these things. But the first month, I generally give people a little bit of a a break. You know, I, I don't have them strictly diet that first month. Right. I want them to keep their blood sugar stable, but I don't want them starting on a very stressful protocol. That's one more stressor. It's just one more mm-hmm. stressor. And so, what I do tell them is, I give them sort of a freebie card for rest. You know, yeah. I tell them I love exercise and exercise is so good for you. But as a doctor, I'm going to tell you, like, if you don't feel like exercising, don't right now. Like okay. for this first month, I want you to just, because for me, exercise was always one of those things. I loved to exercise, but I also kind of felt guilty and like a slug if I didn't exercise. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I saw my lab values that I actually felt like I was... Had a legitimate excuse on why you didn't, right yeah, and so if I woke up and I was too tired, I would say, You know what? you got drink fatigue. tea. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sit down and relax, girl. you know right. And it was sort of guilt-free relaxation, you know, um, and whereas always in the past it would be like, man, you know, why you're so lazy? Why didn't you go? I and mean, it was kind of that yeah, just, I don't know, beat yourself up a little bit about it. Um, and so I have them rest more and eat good food regularly and take their supplements. And I, I tell them taking their supplements, it's the first step in self-care. And what I find for so many of my patients are they're really good at caring for everybody else, but right. not so good at taking care of themselves. And I have them take things at least three times per day. And, you know, the old Libby would have never been able to take things three times per day. Morning time, yes. Beyond that, no.
0: Yeah.
1: But now it's a priority for me to like Mm -hmm. think of myself and to take care of myself. And one of those priorities is three times per day, you know, taking whatever kind of regimen that I'm on. And so um, I prescribe supplements specifically in response to what the lab values show. And we use, you know, all kinds of different things, but the mainstay is resetting this whole hypothalamic pituitary axis. And, um, you know, and then there's some other vitamins that are typically needed for adrenal support that we, we use as well. And- it's it's really rewarding to to treat yeah. because generally people feel really good. good.
0: I know I did. Yeah, yeah, it I was, did too. It was great. So working primarily with athletes, what do you see the most when mm-hmm. they come to you? Mm-hmm. What's the biggest offender?
1: Yeah, you know, it's really getting them to back off a little bit and have rest days is what I find to be the yeah. hardest thing because athletes are. They are hard charging, motivated Type people. A yes,
0: obsessive. <laughs> yes, and they want to
1: go, 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 and um, and I have to tell them like, hey, you need to rest. You know, we need to have rest days. And what's interesting is with adrenal fatigue, when your cortisol level is low an acute stressor gives you a little boost of cortisol. So it feels good. So um, if you're in this adrenal fatigue, you might notice that like, well, in the days where I don't go to the gym, I feel terrible. In the days where I do go, I feel good because that stressor of the workout gives you a boost of your cortisol. And it's actually making you feel much better in the moment, mm-hmm. but it's worsening you in the long run. And so it does, I don't tell them that they can't exercise at all, but I do think it's very important to prioritize sleep and to be prioritizing rest days and to almost not be hitting it quite so hard, right. not forever. You know, I, I don't tell them, I tell them that they can absolutely go back to what they love soon, yeah. but um, especially that first month, let's just kind of rest, you know, and same thing with diet, you know, a lot of, i Intermittent fasting, I think, is a great, great thing. I'm actually doing it right now myself. Um, but when when you have adrenal full blown adrenal fatigue, it's probably not the best thing for right, you because
0: it's just an extra stressor. Well, that and you can't keep your blood sugars yeah. regulated during that time. So. Exactly, mm-hmm.
1: exactly. I yeah. think I'm fat adapted now, and so my blood sugar feels stable. But that takes a few weeks. You know, to get there. Yeah. And that's just going to really worsen your adrenals in the beginning. And so the hardest thing with the athletes is getting them to back off sometimes. And
0: yeah, I'm going to guess probably this time that we've all kind of, gyms are shut down, we can't mm-hmm. do a lot. This has kind of been a nice forced mm-hmm. rest for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. On that
0: end. I mean, we already have this stress of just what's going on with COVID. So right. at least we're not adding right. that to.
1: But yeah, I think it's almost forced. Mm-hmm. Slowing down, which yeah. is a maybe a good thing. You know, yeah. I think our um our lifestyle is just so busy. Yeah. And it's 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 all good things. It's like it's busy with all good things, but I think it has been a nice little reset. You yeah. know.
0: Well, you know, and it was the one thing that um I was talking to somebody about, you know, when we were talking about the different kinds of stresses and you have your level one stresses, like we talked about, that's Mm -hmm. just daily life. Mm -hmm. And you have to know how to handle those, you know, because they're going to be there. Your kids are going to be there. Your job's going to be there, you know, going to the grocery. Um, But it's the level two stressors that we choose to keep in our life, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that be social media or people in our life that maybe are more of a Stress than Mm -hmm. a positive, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you have the acute stresses that are just out of control. Mm -hmm. And this has kind of been a really good time to be like, you know what? I'm going to cut out the stuff that Mm -hmm. I really don't need. I loved it because my social media was down 25%, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, you think it kind of opposite having all this time, it was down. And I was like, yeah, you yeah. know, you just don't need it unless, like, I joke, if it's not puppies and kitties, yeah. do we really need to see it? Exactly. So,
1: Exactly. I know. Um, I'm kind of, I'm not a huge social media person. I don't love social media because what's so funny is I've got people on my social media that I don't really know that well. And I remember yeah. one day I was at Kroger's getting groceries. This was a few years ago. And there was someone who was a Facebook friend of mine who I saw in the grocery store, but I didn't know her well enough to right. say hello to her. Yeah. And so, and then I got to thinking like, you know, I think I just been on a vacation. I had posted something about my vacation. I thought she like probably knows all about my vacation and knows all about these things about me, but I don't even know her well enough to, to say, say hello, hello to her in the grocery store. And that just yeah. kind of blew my mind. And so my focus has been more on um, nurturing a few amazing relationships right. and not nurturing all of the people that I have on my social media, you know, and, you know, so I get on there from time to time and I like to share things with people and, you know, we'll share the podcast on the social media and stuff like that, but then I just kind of get off of there and I don't spend too much time on it. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, 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 there's some good stuff there. I mean, I love seeing some little memes. I think those are hilarious. They're and fun. Your puppies it's and kitties fun are stuff. fun too. <laughs> and I like kind of knowing what's going on in people's lives a little yeah. bit. Like I remember, um, someone I loosely know was pregnant, but I didn't know it. Like it was all and yeah, everybody else knew because on social media. But then I didn't know because I hadn't seen it on social media. And so it's, I then I felt kind of missed. Like I missed out that I didn't know that. And, you know, I didn't need to know it, but it was kind of like, it was it was exciting. I was like, yeah. that is so awesome, you know. But um, so, you know, it's, it's trying to find that balance with it. But I think, so I think yeah. it's not all bad, but I think being on there too much can be really hard. And yeah. that, yeah, and that can be, yeah. you know, one thing I'm loving about my morning routine right now is I have time to do all the things that I yeah. want to be doing. And when you look at how much time you spend on your social media... That's other time that you that's could be time doing. you could be doing something that yeah. might be more meaningful or more important for you. You know, um, do I really like? Do I feel like I'm nurturing all of my meaningful relationships well enough? No. But was I finding like a couple of hours a day to be on social media? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like an to awakening. See what other people. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, is this really how I want to live my life? And right. um, you know, I, I'm really into being intentional with things right now, like on purpose, like you know, like how I planned my little morning this morning mm-hmm. instead of just you know doing whatever. I'm like, these are the things that I want to do this morning, and I
0: did them, and it yeah. was
1: it was great. Instead was of just let, letting life happen to me, I'm. I'm yeah,
0: you're creating, creating yeah. my life. You know? you know what? My older son, which is really funny because millennials always get kind of bashed. My boys are 28. Gosh, Con's almost 29. That's crazy. Oh and gosh. Seth is 25. But both of them are always saying, be with who you're with,
1: mm-hmm.
0: put the phone away.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it has really, you know, kind of made me kind of be like that. You know, if I'm gonna be with you, yeah. Put the phone away. Don't yeah. be scrolling, don't be looking down the text, don't be doing any of that, you know, leave it. And I just think it's such a great lesson. Be with who it, you're with. It just is. Just like you're saying, invest in the relationships that are most important. Yeah. So
1: absolutely. Because you know, when I was in this kind of bad spot when I found that I had adrenal fatigue, um, if you'd have asked me Um, at that point, even like, what's the most important stuff in your life, Libby? You know, I would have said, oh my goodness, you know, my husband and my girls and, you know, um, would have been the top priority. But if you would have been a fly on the wall in my house, you would have been like, really? I I wouldn't think those are her top priorities because it seems like she just, you know, finds time to exercise and then she goes to work and then she sits on her couch and looks at her social media news feed the rest of the evening and yeah. doesn't really even like make a meal for her kids or really engage with them on a deep level at all and um so I wasn't my actions were not matching what I would tell you were my priorities and they really always were my priorities but I certainly wasn't living yeah. that out in my life and you know I was just kind of in this Funk, you know. I mean, when right. you're feeling that tired, and then you're beating yourself up all the time for feeling so tired, you get kind of into this this mm-hmm. kind of depressive sort of funk. And that's why the Prozac really works. You know, it yeah. does help people. But here's the end game with the Prozac: take it for the rest of your life, no right? Thanks. Because yeah. there's no, it's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. But I'm all about let's let's fix, fix it. it. And um, it's amazing at how much better I feel. And what I also. Um, notice with my patients is, we talked about the hypothalamic pituitary axis. That's the HPA axis we keep talking about. But there's also the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis too. And they're very closely intertwined. And so, so many of my patients that have adrenal fatigue also do have thyroid dysfunction as well. And ultimately, fixing the adrenals will fix the thyroid, because it's actually a lot of similar fixes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. 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 So we fix the adrenals. but And same thing with hormones. So remember how I was talking about how your body um, starts to make cortisol and it shuts down the hormone production, the sex hormone production. Mm -hmm. Fixing the cortisol response will secondarily fix the hormones, but both with thyroid and hormones, what I've found, it does fix it but it takes some time. I mean, we're talking like six months, maybe even a year to have that fully doing a lot better. And so I am kind of a big fan of really in the beginning treating those things because people feel so, so, so much better. And um, I I think the motivation that comes with feeling so much better really helps people to delve in and do those lifestyle changes when they're already feeling feeling great.
0: Well, I know that you and I talked about it. You we all know that I was not an early morning person, mm-hmm. you know, in getting up. And then once I started feeling better, it was so easy for me to get up at 5, 530. Mm-hmm. And you're like, who is this? Yes, I yeah. know.
1: Yeah. You would come if we... Well, it depended. Like, if you... Like if I was meeting you one on one, like say we're gonna go for then a ride, I would go. You would go, but say I was gonna meet you at like CrossFit or boot camp or something. It's easy for me to right. You would be like, well, there's gonna be other people there. She's, She's gonna... not yeah. alone. Yeah, I'm not leaving our house. <laughs> right. Yeah. And oftentimes you you would be like, yeah, you said you were coming, and you didn't yeah. come. But yeah, you have been. I've never known you to be a morning person, but I think yeah. you never slept well either. And I exactly. think resetting, you know. Part of what we do with this treatment of adrenal fatigue is increasing the cortisol level up to normal, but then we also reset the rhythm, right. and that is super important too. Yeah. And when we reset that rhythm, what you find is I was always a sleeper. I, I could sleep. You know, I never had problems with insomnia, really, unless I'm super stressed about something then I wake up in the middle of the yeah. night and think about it. But barring that, I always slept amazing. But when I fixed my adrenals, my sleep became so much deeper. You know, yeah. but restoring that rhythm really helps people sleep better. And I think your sleep got a lot better when we very got your very much fixed. better. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Definitely. And then if you're sleeping, then you can. If you have this good night of restorative sleep, and then you get up the next morning, you've got the energy to like, you, you're you're able to get up in the yeah. morning and then and then go about your day. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what kind of things as a health coach would you, um, you know, be your priority to work on with patients that have adrenal fatigue?
0: Um, Definitely kind of what you and I talked about, um, working with them on the diet a little bit, like you said, kind of doing a little bit lower carb to kind of work on that, Mm -hmm. um, regulating blood sugar, you Mm -hmm. know, a little bit more proteins in the morning to kind Mm -hmm. of keep the sugar regulated, um, Definitely when we're talking exercise, the rest is so important, but getting away from the big exercises and kind of looking at more the lower to moderate Mm -hmm. for a little while. It could be swimming, it could be walking, Mm -hmm. um, yoga, that kind of stuff. Even some just regular strength training Mm -hmm. would probably be really good during that time, but kind of getting away from... I mean, I hate to say, but I know I had to cut back on a CrossFit, the Mm -hmm. high intensity stuff, Mm -hmm. because it was just trashing my body. And once I really kind of took a step away for a while, then I noticed a big difference too on how I felt. So maybe not
1: forever, but for the short term, yeah, short term, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, so then you can get back to what you love. But then also, you know, like we were talking about the, just the behavioral changes of, you know, looking at the stressors in your life mm-hmm. of forcing you, you know, put the phone away, mm-hmm. go to bed early, turn the TV off, you know, try to, you know, work on some meditation, some mm-hmm. mindfulness, just any of that kind of stuff that's really going to help right. you get rid of those stresses and and just um, really get in tune with your body.
1: Yeah. And I shifted my mindset a little bit from I have to I get to exactly. You know? um, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, do all of this stuff every day, and now it's like, wow, like I get to, like I, yeah, you know, I, am, I am, I get, I have two daughters that are amazing, and I get to take care of them, yeah. and I get to prepare a meal for my family, and we get to sit down and eat together. Like, and it's kind of just a whole shift in the way I think about things a right. little bit, right. and then the things that I don't like to do, like reevaluating, is it that important? Right. You know. Yeah. And, um, you know, simplifying a little bit and just maybe
0: not saying yes to everything, you know. And it's funny. I, my husband and I, I am a no person. Mm -hmm. I'm an immediate no person. Someone says something, um, nope. Yep. Nope. And he's a yes person. <laughs> yes. And so I find it's easier for me to come back from a no and turn that into a maybe and then to a yes if I want to, mm-hmm. versus saying yes to everything mm-hmm. and then you're just so exhausted. Yes. So he and I let look yes, you know, and, I, and it's so funny because I am just such a nope, nope, nope. Yes. And then let me really think about if this is something I really want to do. And why do I really want to do it? So that is an amazing
1: point. And I am the yes person, like Dan, and Andy is the no person in our yeah. household. But what I found is, you know, I want to be the kind of person who shows up for myself and for others. And what I have always done is um, been a bit of a people pleaser, and that I would say yes to everyone at the expense of what I needed mm-hmm. for myself.
0: And your family,
1: yeah, yeah. And now I'm realizing I want to be the kind of person who shows up for people, but also shows up for myself equally as much. Yes, and and that means I have to prioritize what I say yes to. But yeah, I get it naturally. My dad was the was just like Dan. We called him Marshmallow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dan's <laughs> because, a marshmallow. Because oh my he gosh. would just
1: always say yes. And, and I remember one time the girls were real little and. um Andy and I were sitting in the kitchen and they came in and they said, can we have a snack? And simultaneously I said yes and Andy said no at the exact same time because he's the no person in my family. His idea is no unless there's a good reason to say yes and I'm the person that's yes unless there's a good reason to say
0: no. That's so funny. Okay, now I was a disciplinarian Mm -hmm. with our boys yeah, and Dan was not. Yeah. Now, is it the same with you guys? Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I'm kind of like... I, I let so much go and then I kind of, it all builds up and then I blow up over something really, Oh, that's s- so funny. really little. Yeah. And whereas Andy, yeah. he just, boom, he just, you know, he like lays the hammer down when, <laughs> when yeah. it you know. And sometimes it's not that big but it's something that needs to be addressed and oh, he addresses I it right away. That's our whereas, house. Yeah. Or it was. <laughs> I guess it's good balance, right? If we were it is. If we were the same,
0: it would be pretty. Um, yeah, definitely. That's what my boys have laughed so much as we've gotten older. They're like, you're like a whole different person. I'm like, because I don't have to be the mean one anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, now you can just have that
0: yes. nice relationship yeah. with them because like, it's great. They're
1: raised and they're doing yeah. great. My job
0: is done.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you can just be friends. You exactly. know exactly.
0: Yeah, for the well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes,
1: sometimes, but yeah, this was this was good. Um, I, you know, is it super duper common this this whole thing? And um, you know. Adrenal fatigue, um, it's a thing, and and people have it. And if, if you're feeling like this, um, reach out to us. You know, we'll have the show notes after the um, the show and um, the blog post, and we'd love to hear from you. If this rings true to you, share your story with us and um if you're interested in working with us, reach out to us. We'd love to
0: yeah, get a chance to work with you too. What do we have next week coming up, Alex? Next week, I am just fascinated by all this. Next week is GI gut bugs. Oh, I love yes. talking about this I know. I know. It's so
1: fun. Good guys versus the bad guys. Like yeah. there is kind of a war going on in
0: your body. I always picture the little mucinex green yes. bug. Yes. That's <laughs> who I picture in my body is the bad guy. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we all have some bad ones. Yes. And,
1: um, so we'll talk about how that makes you feel and what that means for your health and um so yeah so have a great week everybody and we'll see you next time thanks so much bye bye thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast if you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us head on over to our website www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com see
0: you next time